I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Raise Your Voice as part of the Fans First Sports Network I'm Brett Rutherford, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Darby Robinson, and we are live on the D-Rays Bay X account. And before we start today's show, just wanted to let you all in on a few exciting announcements for the podcast. First, some of you are hopefully watching us live right now. We're streaming on X from the D-Rays Bay account, and very soon, probably the next episode, uh, we will be live on YouTube.com on the Raise Your Voice channel, brand new YouTube channel. Uh, where not only will you be streaming episodes live, uh, we will be uploading these episodes um, in full-length video form uh, if you prefer listening or watching us that way. And we hope to bring as much live content to you as possible thanks to our partnership with our friends at the Fans First Sports Network. We love going live, getting your your live comments, your live reactions, uh, especially as we get closer and closer to the season. So every episode will still be available as a podcast and as a video on YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube, if you could please do us a favor, drop a like, subscribe. That would be a huge help in in growing the channel. Uh, Even if you're listening as a podcast, if you could head to YouTube, just subscribe to our podcast channel, turn on the notification so you know every time we go live. Lastly, we are now on Patreon. So don't want to pressure anyone into donating. If you just like listening, Feel free to keep on doing that, uh, and there's no content that we'll be putting behind a paywall for the t- for the time being. Um, you will continue to get all the raise your voice content that you always did. But if you so desire, you can head to Patreon.com/slash/raise your voice and support us. Uh, a few dollars each month. We've got three tiers set up right now: a dollar a month, five dollars a month, and, and ten dollars a month. So. Uh, feel free to choose choose one of those if you want to support us, if you like what we do. Uh, and by no means, no pressure. If you just want to listen along, that's fine too. Um, but we've got a lot of not a lot not a lot of news right now to go over. But Darby, plenty of rumors. Uh, the the trade rumor mill or the Twitter X uh, rumor mill is fully underway in, in the offseason. We're a week away from the winter, meeting, winter meetings. And uh, Randy Rosarena is the newest name that uh, people online seem to be seem to think will be traded very soon, imminently. Uh, <laughs> imminently, he, he's not been traded. I'm I'm, re- I'm I'm updating right now. I'm just trying to see. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is the time of year for rampant speculation. Um, and with with so many of the big free agents not signed yet, I think that has just like made the random speculation ramp up even more. Uh, I think that's that's sort of like everybody is is itching for something. Um, no, it's the time of year of speculation. And it's also the time of year. Well, it's every I guess that, that time of year is always constant. But on Twitter, you just the 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 rumor accounts, right, that throw they're very scattershot. You know, you throw you just it's, it's a shotgun, not a sniper rifle. They are they are blasting uh, a wide, wide net. Out there, I'm just going to use every metaphor possible. They basically will say a rumor is for every every trade, every free agent, every player, every team, and it's just like this constant churn of like their sources, whoever those might be. Maybe they're real, maybe they're not. Maybe they are people in the in a organization, but these organizations are big, so maybe you know an analyst, but they heard something, but they're not the decision maker. So I, I, I would be surprised if these rumors are coming directly from the highest highs on these accounts. That's why usually you want to wait for like a Jeff Hassan to actually say it because he is actually the one that's, you know, he is texting with your Jerry DePotos and your Eric Neanders to be like, Hey, what's going on here until he says something or kind of talks about it. I'm usually not all that freaked out or hyped, you know, either way. Um, but some of these lower accounts that try to kind of get into the news, even as they start to get a little bit more publicity, like MLB nerds, for instance, they get a lot wrong, 
right? And but it's like people don't really remember that. You just have to get a couple things right. Mm -hmm. So last week they were, you know, Taylor, just before the Thanksgiving holiday, they had Tyler Glass now imminent trade didn't happen. Um, but that makes sense though, because there is a lot of smoke, uh, or there's a lot of smoke with a Tyler Glass no trade. There is probably a lot of fire there too. So that's a good rumor to try to like latch out. I could say that too. But if it's not there, if it didn't happen, it probably wasn't that imminent. It might happen next week at the winter meetings. But I think that kind of shows like it doesn't matter if you're wrong. You can be wrong 99 times. If you get a, the hundredth right, then you can go like, look at all these ones that this account got right. right. So all that being said, I really do not want a news cycle, especially over the weekend of Rays fans freaking out because sources tell MLB nerds that the Rays are shopping Randy or Rosa Arena because that is not worth losing your minds about. Yeah, Nothing in this world has changed in, in like the reality from yesterday or a few hours ago. The Rays are probably actively shopping Tyler Glass now and Manuel Margot. Yeah. And potentially and they're over Ramirez. I don't even know if they're actively shopping. Like, yeah. I think, I think there, I think there's just a very big difference, right? Between making calls, checking in. And I think we're going to have to get into that, which is like, what is the raise like strategy when it comes to these trades? But like, I think something with Randy Rosarena, I don't see why this would come as a shock that he would be mentioned as somebody that could be traded. And that's where we're at. And I think, MLB nerds might be right, but for the wrong reasons, good results, bad process. If they're saying like Randy Rosarena's name is coming up and the Rays are like taking offers for him, there's a difference between the Rays are trying to get out from under Randy Rosarena before the season starts and, hey, who do you like on our team? It's Randy. Okay, put together an offer. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. And sort of seeing what teams are prepared to give who who is available and then that kind of gives you the opportunity to say like okay i like that piece maybe not for randy what about a smaller deal for this one piece of that and you get to sort of see who is movable and who is rock solid that can't be touched on yeah. teams and this is how you do it and i like i i think we're we're seeing and i'm i'm going to try to um i don't even remember who the reporter was that like went on was it mad dog show and like trashed the uh Cespedes family barbecue guy it was uh rinaldi it, no it was um um former dodgers I, yeah i don't want to like say the wrong name we've done that before on this podcast um but i i, I don't want to take like that angle on it but like there is a difference i think still between like internet people and then like journalists not to say that internet people can't be good journalists. I think we've got quite a few at draisebay.com, right? Um, mm -hmm. But there are some people, like you said, like kind of clout chasing and these trade discussion. And now like some people, some people my age, Gen Z people are working in front offices. And um, like, there's a lot of these trade discussions that happen. Like I've gotten some information that, and I'm not trying to say like I'm an insider by any means, but I've heard of trades that were close to happening or were talked about and were never had that never happened. Some of them did happen. Um, and, and you hear things as you get to know people in baseball and just because it's being talked about, like doesn't mean it's ready to be reported on. Um, and again, Absolutely. Randy Rosarena could very well be traded. Um, it wouldn't, it would shock me, but it wouldn't be like earth shattering. Um, Tyler Glass now probably will be traded. Isak Paredes is a name we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, might mm -hmm. be traded. His name being floated around by some um, more uh, guys like Jeff Patson and John Rossi. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, so, and so, again, like I, we're going to talk about the idea of trading Randy Rosarena, um, but you're going to hear things on the internet. Like this happens every July, it happens every December of these trades that are being talked about, names that might be moved, and some of them will. Some of them won't. Um, and so I think you can take that report and be like, okay, so clearly there, there are probably some discussions happening around Randy Rosarena. Are they serious? We probably won't know until the trade actually happens. 
or doesn't happen. <laughs> exactly. And and so like like you, Brett, I I have friends who work in the industry, who work in different teams. I've chatted with folks and like you hear stuff and I never pass that stuff on because most of the time it's not mine to, to report. I'm not trying to be a scoop person and I'm not mm -hmm. trying to to get ahead of those things. So it's fun to hear about stuff. And it's amazing though, how much stuff sounds close and then eh, it just didn't happen. Or like you know, trades, like you hear about trades that really make sense and you're like, oh, that'll definitely happen. Yeah. It's like, oh, this, this was, this made, this offer came in, uh, this, this was almost there and eh, you know, that's, it just like kind of didn't happen. And that's how, and that just happens, right? Until you get to that, you might, it might be one of those things where the person sleeps on it and wakes up and is like, you know what? Actually, I don't want to do this. And, and that is totally fine. That's the business of it. So I'm not even going to try to say that like the MLB nerds folks don't have somebody who maybe is like an analyst. That's not like very bottom rung, not like the ticket seller at the, at the stadium that heard it from, you know, the security guard who heard it from, you know, this person in the elevator, but maybe they have somebody who is in some of these meetings and they're saying like heavily scout brand, like, you know, what scouting is Randy really do you need to do, but like have a, <laughs> just put on the 2020 playoff tape and you're like, Hey, he's pretty good. Uh, but, but like, you might be like, Oh, this, this looks pretty good. We're looking at other pieces and then it could totally fall apart. So I think the difference there, you mentioned it is the difference between like kind of that real journalistic integrity and just the scattershot is that you can hear that stuff. That's one thing. Two, getting confirmation is the next thing. And then being like, do I have enough to move on? How real is this? How much of this is just talking and bullshit? Mm -hmm. By the way, uh, Alana Rizzo yeah, was the, the right. reporter. I, it came to me. Mm -hmm. Jake Mintz of Sassetta's Panley Barbecue. But that's the thing there. She, she blasted like the bloggers and all that. Jake is a credentialed, right? like, he has been in, he has been working in the actual baseball industry for MLB.com. Even he, he was working with Fox uh, in mm -hmm. the clubhouse when he reported that uh, last postseason, which was also just the most bizarre. It was a very weird, bizarre baseball thing. But I think most people came down on it's not the blogs necessarily that's the problem. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like we're not gonna we're not gonna be blaming that. That's what we do. It's the idea of what. How do you go about your business? Right. Is this the right way or is this the wrong way? There there are uh, bad journalists at major publications. <laughs> so it's... I'm not listening <laughs> to Bob Nightingale's tweets as gospel. I'm yeah. checking a couple of sources. And, um, and to I, be fair to Alana Rizzo, I think she did apologize. And Jake Mintz is like, they've hashed it out. And, and so I think everyone's kind of moved on from that. But and I wasn't, I just, I wasn't trying to be the person that sits here behind my mic that's never been in a major league clubhouse, that's never been a, a credentialed media member in the big leagues uh, to, to like downplay what people are hearing, what people are reporting. And people are free to report whatever. If you hear something, I mean, you're, you're free to do whatever you want with that information. Um, and, and maybe it's true. I don't know. It's also tough too. Cause like I have been a credentialed uh, reporter. I've been in the clubhouse a few times, uh, uh, not a lot, not like or anything like that, but those guys, and you do hear some stuff. And sometimes people after a loss are like frustrated and they're just kind of venting. And then you could take that into a story or you keep a part of that. And so I think for somebody like Topkin, he hears a lot of rumors when he posts rumors, they generally are beyond the somebody mentioned something. It's he's like, okay, they're probably going to make this move, this trade. Yeah. Like he, that's the thing we always sort of see. It's like when he's like, I'm here and Curtis Mead could be an option for this, this call up. It's like, okay, they, they, they've already contacted the Mead family to get on an airplane from, they're getting on a Qantas jet. Already. They, they so used, like, like Mark Topkin walked by and saw them like stitching on the Mead onto the jersey, <laughs> getting a locker like, ready. One option that could <laughs> potentially make sense for a right-handed bat. Uh, no. And I think, but I think that's actually, I will say we, we have, we have, uh, we have sometimes given Topkin, uh, you know, some, we've had disagreements on some of his events on reporting, but like he is clearly a professional who does go about like 
he's not going to report something frivolous. And so mm -hmm. I do think there is a level of standards that is not there necessarily for a lot of these kind of rumor mill accounts because they don't have to be. They don't have an editorial um, responsibility. Right. And so it's not that they're doing anything wrong. It's that you as a consumer, when it comes, to, and this is for everything out there, for any kind of news, be a, a good consumer of information and consider the source, consider the information, and you know, don't just necessarily take anything you hear at face value, especially if it's outlandish. So mm -hmm. when it comes to these rumors, I'll, let's just like get into them. I think Randy Rosarena. Yeah. Brett, do you think he could be traded this offseason? Definitely. And I, I think I thought that coming into the offseason and an interesting uh, player, uh, given the fact that he is been I, for, for my money, the most reliable player on this race team um, since 2020, like the race acquired him. He had the COVID issues. I, I, I think they kept him at the, the complex for a little bit, obviously came up and did Chicken what he did. Chicken and rice. Yeah. Push-ups. Tons of push-ups. <laughs> and then like he joined the Rays late in the regular season and never turned back, right? And since then has become a folk hero, has become an all-star, has become a consistent big league contributor in the three to four win uh, range, uh, was a home run derby finalist this year, was a hero in the World mm -hmm. Baseball Classic for Mexico, like has established himself as one of, if not the biggest star in franchise history and has matched that yes. um, with with some really solid on-field production. Um, Absolutely. I, for my money, he is the biggest star that the Rays have ever had. That's like that, completely that's theirs. Not to say, yes, and not to say that he's the best player in franchise history. No. But I think he is the biggest star. Like, I mean, he is the GQ Mexico man of the year. I mean, right. like, that's that's just not something that you're getting with, you know, all the, any other, you know, Fred McGriff or Evan Longoria or Carl Crawford. Like, there is that crossover. I guess Carl Crawford now, people know him outside of baseball. Not for great reasons, but, <laughs> but you know, he has, no, he has some like, no, no, knowledge. Randy's reach is global. Uh, like, it I think is. it does. Yeah. People know who, like, and I, like Evan Longoria, a uh, huge star, uh, in, and especially in the United States. Like, I think there were a lot of people my age who grew up that weren't Rays fans that were huge Evan Longoria fans. Mm -hmm. um, but Randy Rosarena, I think, just has a bigger reach. But, but going back to his on-field, uh, a couple years ago, I think it might have been after even the 2020 run, maybe after 2021 when he won Rookie of the Year, um, switched agents, became a Scott Morris client. Um, he is going to hit free agency a little bit later in his career because, you know, he, he grew up in Cuba, had to defect to Mexico, played in the league over there before the Cardinals signed him. And so his career was kind of delayed a little bit. And now he's in his late 20s and he's still a few years away from free agency. And so when he does hit free agency, he's going to be uh, probably past his prime as a hitter. Uh, maybe he's still got some really good years left in him. Um, but you imagine by the time he hits free agency, the defensive value might drop even more um, because he's not a great defensive player now. He's, he's serviceable. Um, there's The Rays have never signed a contract, agreed to a contract with a Scott Boris client, like a like a like not a settle and don't go to ARB, like a true either contract extension or I believe even a free agent contract with a Boris client. Like it, maybe it's happened once or twice. Um, someone's probably going to fact check me there, but it just doesn't happen. Um, Scott Boris notorious for making sure his clients um, get to free agency because he's right on about this. That's where they get the most money. You're not going to get the he's most money. What he uh, does. Like, yeah. I, I want to say this. Like I have, I do not see Scott Boris is not a villain in baseball. No, he is. He is, has a job and he will do that job perfectly. Mm -hmm. And he will, he will make, he'll make maybe himself look like kind of a, a, a goofball sometimes, but that's just to get his client an extra. He will do anything to get his client an extra dollar, and I think that's really cool. But the reality is, yeah, that I've I have not seen a raise in Randy Rosarena extension on the horizon at any point. Um, as much as I think the Rays would love to, and maybe Randy does too, Scott Boris like probably just won't let that happen. Um, and so he's still got a few years left. Uh, 
you, you, this is his value will never be higher. And so if you're the Rays, you're not afraid to trade guys with multiple years of control left. They've shown that in the past. They inked Blake Snell to an extension. A year later, they traded him. Um, and they, they've, they've done that with other players too. They, they don't always wait until there's a year of control left. Um, they'll do it when the move is right. Now, the, the, the price has to be right as well. But the idea of trading Randy Rosarena is, is not insane. Now, where I'd be shocked is the fact that Randy Rosarena has become that star um, and the Rays, with very few exceptions, will keep those players uh, for as long as they can. They did it with Carl Crawford. They let him go to free agency. Uh, Evan Longoria, they traded with, but I mean, they extended him, but then they traded him still with, with years left on, on a deal. But They extended him with, twice. Yeah, they did extend him twice. And and with uh, Rosarena, who is up there in terms of face of the franchise for the Rays with Crawford and Longoria, um, has a section in left field named after him. Um, mm -hmm. He clearly is probably like the highest uh, Q score of any Rays player. So there is some value outside of what he provides on the field. And it would be a gut punch for a lot of Rays fans if he's traded. I mean... I can't think of like what the Snell trade. Like, I don't even know if he was like universally loved and he's a pitcher. So it's always a little different, but like, what's the yeah. last time the Rays like truly, it was probably the Longoria trade uh, where it's yes. a gut punch. Um, and, and even if like you're okay with it in a baseball sense, it'll suck when it happens. Like the day that Randy Rosarena isn't a Ray anymore. I think, I think this, I think in eventual Randy trade, whether that happens this year, next year, two years from now, whatever. Uh, when he leaves this team, it'll be it'll be sad because yeah. like I think he is like a extremely like I mean he is maybe one of the most charismatic baseball players in all of baseball. Everywhere he goes, the fans there love him. like he wins people over in left field everywhere he goes. like mm -hmm. that is a very unique level of star however i will say like if you're looking through ray's trade history this would it would be bigger than david price it would be bigger yeah. not in terms of just performance in terms of like fan perception it'd be bigger than right. price it'd be bigger than shields i think shields is close but i think it'd be yeah. bigger than shields i think the only the only players that would come close to that would be longoria I can't even say Snell. I think the Snell trade took people by surprise because of the fact that it was just after the World Series. And then there was the whole, like, perform his last performance in the World Series was so good. Mm -hmm. And so polarizing. Like, the whole... So polarizing. Yeah. I think the thing with Snell, though, is I saw the comments on D-Ray's Bay and right. on Twitter. Like, Ray's fans, I you cannot say that you all loved Snell universally and really saw how good he was like there was some people tearing their hair out watching him pitch like he is a very unique pitcher even to this that. year and he won a second Cy Young award and there's still people that are like not sold on Blake Snell he's he's really good he also has bad command he then walks too many people he only goes about five innings like even after leaving Kevin Cash guess what he doesn't yeah. see he the seventh inning forever it's it's one of those pitchers where it's like, yeah, everybody would want him on your team, but then you don't necessarily want to watch him pitch in a lot of yeah. ways. It's it's a tough. It's like he's he's clearly very very good, and trading him at that time was losing a very very good player. But I don't think like the emotional investment was quite the same. It is Longoria. However, the Randy thing is different because Longoria at that point was getting old. Yeah, he was past his prime. And he was multiple seasons in a row of de declining performance. And he's since leaving has been basically a journeyman vet. And mm -hmm. you know what age and injuries that happens to everybody, right? He, he was a, a good piece of the diamondbacks run. He was not even like a big contributor there, but he was like a, I think a good clubhouse guy and came through the couple hits and, you know, but that's not the legend. With Randy Rosarena, at this moment, if he was traded this offseason, you are trading probably this. This would be the biggest trade in race history in the sense of performance and popularity combined. 
you are trading a David Price level performer with an Evan Longoria level emotional attachment. Yeah. And I think that would be the interesting thing. That would be the very interesting level trade to see how the fan base reacts to that because they have not had to deal with that kind of level of, I think that would be an interesting thing. He is he is a singularly popular person. Now, all of that being said, is kind of the reason why Randy's name will be brought up in trade talks. Mm-hmm. Because he is a three to four win outfielder. He is a good player. His defense is getting worse. And his style of play is something that does not age very well. He he run, he tries to steal way too much for his speed level gets caught stealing a ton, which does hurt him. And he is somebody that, like Tommy Pham, in a lot of ways, could decline post-trade. And that decline could happen fairly sharp. It could just be a solid, he becomes a two to three win player rather than a three to four win player. So that is somebody that you maybe trade high on where there's three years left of control. You're, You're trading a guy that is really good but maybe at a great level value because he is so popular he is a star level player but maybe not a star level performer and if you can trade him for a package that is a star level player that is something to consider that's why his name is going to be out there it's not because he's making too much money or the rays think he's going to fall off the cliff immediately i think he's somebody that you go okay if we can get a if we can like get a Juan Soto level, like, you know, return for somebody that is not, is like half Juan Soto level performance. You think about that. However, that's where I I think the whole idea of this being something that's like, it's just about to happen. I would not hold your breath on that because I think that would be a very tough trade to pull off because the other team can't be saying he's a really good three win outfielder. We're thinking between him and a bounce back season of Mitch uh, Haniger. It's like no, no, no. If you're if you're offering like, hey, we can probably piece together a platoon outfield, or we'll trade for Randy, but we're not like in love with that. I don't think the Rays make that trade. I think they need to be blown away, and that trade would have to, I think, impact the team really well right away. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, I won't, like, hate on a trade until I see a return. Like, yes. you, you, like there are very few players that are just absolutely untouchable. Um, like in on the Rays, uh, it's Junior Caminero, although the Rays offered him in a trade this year. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. yeah. Rumored rumored to be involved. Again, we don't know how much. It also right. could be somebody over in the Angels that was like really bitter. Yeah. About um, how things are going and being like, maybe that was like an initial offer. Uh, but yeah, apparently for Shohei, that right. was that was the rumor out there. And then the only other player would be like like b- before this year would have been Wander Franco, and now he's like untouched. No one wants to touch. Like no one wants. He's to untouchable. Him. He's yeah. still untouchable. <laughs> no uh, one wants him. Um, he might like for... like at this time he might be the uh, like the the least or you know biggest negative surplus value. I don't know what I'm saying, but like he might be yeah. the most untouchable player, like even more so than Steven Strasburg, who's retired and still making like owed to make like eighty million dollars. If, if a team, yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, oof, um, but I don't know. Like, is can you make up? So if, if you're going into the season as the race, right? And I've talked about with the glass now trade. I'm pretty comfortable with the race pitching staff sans glass. Now mm-hmm. uh, it's better with glass now. I like, but you could always add, you don't know what you're going to get out of Bradley in year two. You don't know what Boz is going to look like. 
I'm okay with the Rays pitching staff without Glass. Now, I think it's still a team that will contend for the division and you know be in, in contention for a postseason spot. You start to look at the Rays offense where let's assume you're not going to have Wander Franco, who was one of your best hitters. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you take Randy Rosarena out of this lineup, I start to have some question marks, not necessarily like panic mode. How will they get this production? Again, that would be more at-bats, for younger players, um, you expect if they trade from their core of position players, it's going to be more at-bats for Curtis Mead and Jonathan Aranda. Obviously, neither of those guys are outfielders. Um, but you just start to think, okay, where is the production going to come from if you're without Franco and you're without a Rosarena? I just don't see, like, unless you're trading a Rosarena for, like, a top-tier pitching prospect and some other big league ready spots. Like I just don't see in a Rosarena trade as being smart baseball wise. Like, I don't know if I can get there. If you're losing a Rosarena and you're losing glass now, like I just don't see how that is best for the 2024 Rays. And I don't want to kick the can down the road. I don't want to trade wins now for wins later. Like as a Rays fan, like we've made the postseason five years in a row, and I don't take that for granted. But I'd like to make that six. And if you're a team without Glass now and Rosarena and Franco and McClanahan, did we just lose our two best position players and our two best pitchers? You still got Yandy Diaz and some other guys. But I don't know. I, I worry about that. I, I I struggle to see how in a Rosarena trade and a Glass now trade, if those both of those things happen, because I've kind of settled with the idea that Glass now is being dealt. Like how the Rays will be better without those two guys next year. Well, I don't know. What are your thoughts? On, on losing a Rosarena and what that means for the offensive production? I think it's a very difficult thing to speculate on because the fact that you need the return to evaluate. I think it is very difficult to replace that performance, that production level, especially from Randy, because you know you're getting a, a really good he – is, he is fairly streaky sometimes, but he is going to, at the end of the year – going to be a three to four win outfielder. And that's, that's not completely easy to, to like replace. Yeah. That's a tough, that's an all-star level player. Yeah. Right. If it's a, if it's a one to two win player, eh, you can, you can, you can replace that pretty easily, but a three to four, that's, that's in another level. That's a, that's a tougher, that's a key contributor. Now, I think you have to look at when you're evaluating raise rumors, you have to evaluate how do the Rays operate. And the Rays are a team, they do not rebuild. They have not rebuilt it since the Matt Silverman era. Yeah, They have been basically in a constant state of playing for today and tomorrow simultaneously. It's they want to be able to compete in 2024, 2025, 2026, and then next year, they want to be able to compete in 2025, 26, and 27. Mm-hmm. When you think of it like that, you then realize when it comes to these rumors, this is not, are the Rays blowing this up? Are they going to trade Glass now for some like, you know, low A arms? Are they going to trade Randy now for like some 17-year-olds who are like coming up? Basically... These trades would be a big impact on the present. They would improve the future. But the Rays are not in that kind of Baltimore Orioles style of, you know, maybe tank a few years, blow it all up, and then hit this crest with a bunch of young talent all at once. It's choosing which young talent sticks around and gets promoted, who gets a spot. But the goal is still competing in 2024. The Rays are going into 2024 already with a very strong core, a division and postseason competitive team. And I think they're going to maintain that. And I think when the the 2024 season starts, this will be a team that is expected to make the postseason. I, that's just where I stand is this is a team that is expected to be. That's the, that's the, the starting point. What that looks like could be a lot of moves in between that then and now. But I do think that's what's going to happen. So when I look at trade rumors, it becomes even harder 
because you're trading, you're trading glass now. And then the rumors of Isak Paredes, that's a lot of production to replace. Mm -hmm. And you don't really have a lot of open spots. You have some key contributors like Junior Caminero. You trade Paredes, that opens a spot for Caminero. Okay, but now you still have to fill other spots. Trade Randy, now you need an outfielder. At a certain point, you need to get better in those spots versus more because they've they've kind of reached the capacity on depth you can only hold 26 people you can only hold like 13 position players so you really do need a few more of those star level performers so trading randy trading paredes trading glass now those would be very they can work those trades can work but i'd be very curious to see how they match up because they need immediate impact as well as future impact right and so that's hard. I will say like that, you know, like you said with Randy, like that's a, that's a big hole that you were, you were opening. And so the other trades would have to line up. And, and I also feel like kind of both of these moves, the glass down the Rose Reina, and we'll get to Paredes in a second. Cause I think that's a whole different can of worms. Um, it, it feels like stuff that will happen after like the Otani dominoes start falling, maybe Yamamoto and a couple of these other really big names, the biggest names in free agency, once those dominoes start to fall. Because a few teams that have the big league-ready talent, they have the stocked farm systems uh, and the names that I think the Rays would be interested in when shopping uh, Glass Now and a Rosarena and maybe Paredes, I'm looking at Seattle. I'm looking at the Dodgers. I'm looking at the Cubs. Um, those are really – like the Dodgers – seem like they would be interesting candidates for both a Rosarena and Glass now. And maybe if they miss out on Otani, maybe they even try to go get both. Uh, if you're trying to recreate Shohei Otani uh, with a Rosarena's bat and Glass now's arm, a Rosarena not nearly as good of a hitter as Shohei Otani, but this is second place, right? Um, you're looking at Glass now, you know, he's going to probably throw out the same amount of innings as Otani once Otani's healthy again. Like, that seems like something that like a, a, the Dodgers would be a good candidate for. It, it's really crazy when you just said that, that like Shohei is better pitcher than Tyler Glass now and a better hit than Randy Rosa. Yeah. Like it's every, everything about Shohei is insane. Cause I, I'm looking at that and I'm like, Oh, the Dodgers are, that's as probably the next best thing you can do. If you you're getting not as good at either, mm -hmm. but you're still getting pretty like, damn, that's really, those are two all-star level like performers of Shohei's. Show the, weird. Anyway, that's the, a, that's interesting. Incredible. Some of the interesting names in the Dodgers organization that I think the Rays would have a lot of interest in um, the profiles that the Rays look for. Um, Miguel Vargas, um, who I know has had some struggles at the Very big league level, um, to one of their top prospects, Andy Pajes, um, Yorbit Vivas, another guy like I, I think a similar profile to like a Jonathan Aranda. Um, or like a left-handed Isak Paredes, but like maybe there's some more power to unlock there. Um, again, I'm just kind of spitballing with some names that I really like, but young guys, controllable that are either big league ready or at the doorstep. Um, and I do think the Rays probably need to replenish like <laughs> the Durham Bulls, which I'm looking forward to now that I live in the area. Uh, I want to see what they can do for the Durham Bulls roster for next year because all these guys keep coming up and they've got to keep replacing them. Um, Gavin Stone would be like a pitching a pitcher that I'm interested in. Um, I don't know. Like Ryan the, Pepio and uh, Emmett Sheehan are two other yeah. pitchers that I really, really like. Diego Cortaya. The Dodgers are like a treasure chest of guys at the big league level, prospects. Um, they That seems like an obvious partner. Um, Seattle with oh. the pitchers that they have. Logan Gilbert, Brian Wu. Bryce Miller. George Kirby's probably untouchable. You'd think so, unless he yeah. unless he pissed people off with his comments at the end of the year. What did he say um, at the end of the year? He the Rays. Uh, he he uh, was left in too long against the Rays, and they they tagged oh, him. That's right. And then that's he right. he kind of basically said like, oh, the manager really shouldn't have left me in so long." Yeah. And so it, that that really ruffled some feathers, but like I don't think they'd be. They'd be very silly to to give up on him that easily. It's, yeah, no, I I don't think over a Kirby is their best pitcher. That is, yeah. he is their best pitcher. Yes, and Luis Castillo is there, but Kirby is their best pitcher. Bar I, might, I might debate you on that one, but that can be for another show. But I, I think that's, 
the the Dodgers make some sense. The the Padres, especially if they move on from Juan Soto, maybe they're interested. Although, like, I just I have no maybe. idea what their what their plan is. What Roger are they Lindbergh. doing? I don't know which direction they're going. Yeah, yeah, they I don't can't think... rebuild because they have Tatis and Machado. The, when I look at the Padres, and I have no idea how to fix that mess. Um, like they don't have like I mean they do have some clear needs, but it's not like a glaring hole where like okay plug and play this guy and that will fix all their problems. Like they've they've done a lot that you think would would fix them. Um, probably just more pitching. I don't know. More pitching. Yeah. More pitching. Um, they had a Cy Young winner, and that was not enough. So, but he's leaving now, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, so there, there's some interesting like ways the Rays could pull off an Rosario in a trade. I don't know. I'm kind of in the camp of believe it when I see it, um, which I am with most trades. Although, like Glass now, I think we can kind of admit there's enough smoke there. Glass now makes the Glass now trade rumors have. I I would say they have the most smoke. They also I think have the most fire because of the fact that. He's owed 25 million for the raise. That is a lot of money. That is a big chunk of their, their payroll. And he is somebody who has a pretty extensive injury history. So it's like, do you really risk that big chunk of your payroll on somebody who may not be there when it matters most? So risk reward. I do. I agree with you. Glass no trade makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I don't, I, I also, the, the Randy trade, I, 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 I'm glad we talked about it, but I, I am very suspicious. I'm very suspicious that would happen. And if it did happen, I, I'd be fascinated by the return because I, I don't, I think that's yeah. a very difficult trade to line up. It could be one that you're setting up for next winter meetings, not the, this next one coming up right. but in 2024. The Dodgers, I just mentioned a bunch of names that I love on the Dodgers, and I feel like for the race to trade him, they would need a little bit of an overpay. I don't know if the Dodgers are willing to overpay for a player with a Rosa Reina's profile. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I have a feeling like whoever trades for Randy or Rosa Reina, probably, like, I, I feel like he's going to go to free agency. Um, he's going to probably try to bet on himself, um, not sure. sign an extension, and we'll see if it works out. Like, someone will pay him once he's like what, sure. age 32. and um, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where that rumor goes, if anywhere. The the one name that has been thrown around, it's been mentioned multiple times by ESPN's Jeff Passan, John Morosi also mentioned the possibility of an Isak Paredes trade. Um, a guy mm-hmm. who, like, I, I believe baseball trade values has him with the most surplus value in the organization. Yeah. That's because he has so much control and he had a great season offensively this year as the Rays' third baseman. Ah, this one I would would hate. I mean, it, again, you imagine it would be a, a haul. I don't like the idea of trading a guy who has proven himself with the Rays to be uh, a, a good big league hitter. Uh, what are your thoughts, Darby? He is one of the most interesting players that the Rays have. I am fascinated befuddled, baffled, intrigued. Like, it, it, he does a lot of things that I absolutely love, and his his results were incredible. Unbelievable plate coverage, an absolute pest to pitch to, because he won't really swing outside of the zone. He'll be able to foul off a lot of stuff, make a lot of contact, and kind of like a Yandi Diaz-type guy who just absolutely pesters you with his, his lack of whiffs, and unbelievable uh, strike zone command. He also only hits homers to the pull side. Mm-hmm. He only pulls. It's his spray chart is hilarious. It is all pull. So you so you would think with such an all or nothing approach, pitchers would be able to easily carve him up. And yet, so far, not even close. And that's a testament to his bat speed, his zone command, his, his just ability to be able to uh, get to pitches that he needs and then actually put some damage on him. The flip side of this with Paredes is he's a player that if I was looking from the outside, I don't think I would buy it. And it's so funny to see fans of other, you know, I, I think there's some, there's some very not great ways to go about evaluating players and that's one you just look at their savant page and go look at all this blue he's bad that's not a great way to do it right those those bubbles are fun but they're not a 
y'all end off. Howard is a player that if I was looking for me, I don't know if I would want the Rays to trade for at this point. He was a he was an interesting ad when they traded Austin Meadows. And now that he's done it, it feels weird. But like I'm like, I don't know if I believe it all the way. Because of he's gotten even more extreme in the style, but it's it, it's it's such a fascinating all of his expected rates are average to yeah. the low average. And that's a very weird thing. So I, I actually see Isak Gredes as a guy that I, I could I could talk myself either way. I could absolutely talk myself either way because I think maybe he's just a unicorn, right? Like there are players that do this. And Paredes, there's some, I kind of reminded a little bit of like uh, Jose Bautista, who was this totally mm-hmm. different player coming up with, with the Rays of, um, amongst uh, many other teams. And then he basically was like, what if I just pulled everything? What if I just looked for balls to to yank into the air to my pull side? They'll probably fly out of the park. And with that bat speed, was able to do that. And he became a, a like a, a 40 home run perennial uh, masher. Paredes could totally, I could totally see that as his future. It's like a Jose Batista style like batter, but with like maybe even better because of his bat control and ability to draw walks. But then I also see a guy that I'm like, is this sustainable? Is this, is this style of hitting sustainable? Can he keep doing this? Like his Babbitt wasn't crazy, but like everything, every expected stat, like he, he didn't have a hard hit rate, a high hard hit rate. He didn't barrel the ball. He, he he just never struck out, never swung and missed, walked amazing, and and just got enough home runs that it was great. So I could see the Rays having a ton of analysts that absolutely hate Paredes and a bunch that are like, I actually love him. And and I, I I think that's what makes him such a fascinating. I don't think he's a player that would be even a question of being traded from a team like the Rays if he was normal. <laughs> yeah. But like the fact that he has such an outsourced production level to such befuddling lower me- like peripherals is it, it's wild. <sighs> yeah. But he's also I don't know. so cheap. For so many years. So like the Rays would not, if they trade him, it's definitely not money related because he's getting almost nothing for two more years before he hits R. Well, so he's R eligible this year. He, so he yeah. was, he's, he's super two eligible. He's a super two candidate. Oh, he's super two. Point. So he's I didn't know going two. in. I, I thought he had one more year of pre-arb left as well. Um, oh. So projected at about 3.2 million for this coming year. I just looked yeah, he got those 108 at bats in 2020 mm-hmm. with the Tigers. Oh, yeah. So that does change COVID the calculations here. a little bit. The idea of like, are we going to get stuck? Cheap. Like, and, and and if he ever falls off a cliff, like you, you're not you're not you're not stuck with him. You can always non tender. Uh, but he is still really cheap, and it's like, okay, at worst he's he's still going to hit you know, a certain amount of home runs every year. Like, I don't see him just being like a liability. Um, he, I don't think he's solid defensively history. Like, yeah, I mean, he played some short, did he play some shortstop this year? Did he get in at he short? I think he, he played He played a game. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think they were just like, all right, let's see how this goes. Uh, in case came as the shortstop. He played there. He stood yeah. there. Uh, but he, I mean, he's played first, he's played second, he's played third. I mean, I think there's that he, versatility is really nice and he's played a decent, version of all three of those and again i mean okay like let's say uh, i don't think this will happen let's say glass now is traded rosarena is traded paredes is traded and wander franco is not back that raised lineup i mean you imagine they would add some big league talent through trades or through free agency man that starts to look really bad really fast you're relying a lot on curtis mead on camonero on josh lowe on Jose Siri to have another weird year where he can hit, you know, 25 plus home Luke runs. Rayleigh, Luke Rayleigh. Luke Rayleigh. Like, not uh, great. Yandy to stay healthy. Yeah. And Lau to stay healthy. Well, I think this is, this is where I see where Ray's fans freaking out with like the Randy trade rumor yeah. is 
you're seeing the play expecting anything there i think it's hard because you're like until i see what the return is like you have to see like what all of the you know if, if you trade glass now and you get a position player back then you trade randy and you get a pitcher back trade paredes and you get a, you know catcher like you can it's one of those things where when the first domino falls there's a, also a good chance that it makes everybody more confused because that's how the rays usually operate is one trade goes and you go like well, what are you going to do now? And then the next trade happens or the next signing happens and you're like, oh, okay, that's what that's going to, okay, I see that, that's the move. So it's really hard thinking about replacing all of those guys. But the reason you trade, if if for some reason, all of those people get traded the same off season, I feel like you would have had to have received such an overhaul that you're basically changing the entire face you are still building a competitive team but you're maybe changing the entire face of what that team is mm-hmm. no. so it, it's it, for me it's like one of those things where I, I don't think you're wrong at all i think you're right about the idea of like Paredes is 30 home runs randy is a 2020 guy uh glass now is even if he only throws 120 innings those are you know, top 10 pitcher in baseball level, maybe even sometimes top five pitcher in baseball level innings. Um, how do you replace that? And then, you know, Wander, obviously, that's like an eight-win player potentially. Jeez. How do you re- how do you replace that? You, okay, you, yeah, you really can't if you're just losing all of those guys. But what what do each individual person bring back? It's It's, right now, we only think about what we have. And it's all theoretical. And I think the key is you you aren't just necessarily matching up the, the baseball trade values. You need like big impact coming back in. Also, if you trade all those people, that's a like a huge amount of like payroll flexibility. Yeah. That then maybe you sign somebody to like no. I, I don't know. It's 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 so hard because that's so many moving parts and so many key pieces right. to replace. I think but by those like might be self-evident in the returns. And, and again, I'm working under the, and I don't think this will be the case. But the three names we've talked about: Class, now Paredes, or Rosarena. If you trade them all, I have big worries about 2024 being more of like the 2020. Um, what year do we just 2022? Like trend the, the quote-unquote transition raise, where it was like, here's Josh Lowe, here's Vidal Bruhan, here's Taylor Walls. They're going to look not great right now. But the hope is. Get the, that year of big league experience under their belt, and then they become regular contributors for you. Um, maybe that happens with you know Curtis Mead and Junior Caminero and uh, Jonathan Aranda if, if the Rays really believe in him. Uh, and then uh, in 2025, maybe in some universe, Wander Franco is back with your team. Maybe Carson Williams is the next guy ready to come up. Um, maybe you've got a stud pitching staff led by Taj Bradley and Shane Boz, and you've still got Shane McClanahan and Jeffrey Springs. Uh, like maybe the or like I, I can't even think that far ahead with the Rays of what the roster will look like and who the core will be. My worry is like this team won 99 games this year, and other than Glass now, who I'm okay with, like I sure could Stu Sternberg afford to pay him sure he could but like we, we know the constraints that the Rays work with I, I, I I'm okay with a glass now trade we can get by we can add we can replace those innings somehow but man I really like the Rays on the position player side of things even without Wander Franco like I think that's still a, a team that's a 90 plus win team that's going to be in contention and trading Isak Paredes like Sure. Was this year somewhat flukish? Maybe, but he's 24. Like some guys don't even make their big league debuts until they're 25, 26. He's got a lot of development to do too. And the Rays clearly liked his bad enough to trade Austin Meadows for him when they did. Like, I think mm-hmm. like I would, I would hate to see Isak Paredes like reach his final form in, in, in his true peak with another organization. And maybe he doesn't. Maybe that was the best of Isak Paredes. Maybe he'll just be like this this weird power hitter that has some value in certain roles. But man, I think there's a lot of potential there. I, I would hate to see him find that with like Seattle. Oh well, Seattle never won't. He'll 
Seattle's cursed. It won't happen. <laughs> yeah. So you know it's going to be it's going to be a hard because that's Seattle sports right there. Um, that's your main concern. No, I I I I feel what you're saying, and I do have this funny thought though when you were saying that like this core player 30 home runs 100 rbi like how do you replace that and i'm like oh yeah that's how they got him in the first place was by trading that player basically at the exact same point in their development too uh that's that's the part too is that you have austin meadows that trade at that time you were looking at basically a very mirror image of like isak paredes maybe even like more more reasonable as like you kind of know what like the weaknesses and the strengths were for Austin mm-hmm. Meadows. Paredes, it's a little bit more confusing, but you still saw a guy that was like 30 home run, 100 RBI, all-star level guy. Like that, that's sky's the limit. How do you replace that? And then sort of you find it with with Paredes. I, I agree. I mean, I think it's a tough I, Paredes is one of those ones because if you if he was normal, if this production came and you were like, oh, it's because of this, XYZ. I think you become more comfortable with whether he can replace, he can replicate that or not. I think because it's so like strange that I think it may, it does leave a lot of uncertainty is, is there more? Can he develop even more? Was this it? And that's what leaves it so baffling. I also think we, we've sort of talked about these three names as if each trade doesn't influence the other. Right. So it is very possible that like the Rays are willing to trade one key bat and one key arm. Mm-hmm. They will trade a glass now and they will trade Randy or Paredes or Yandi and they know which one they really want to trade this offseason. And they're seeing what the value is. And it's very possible that if a Paredes trade comes about, now you don't trade Randy. That that shuts that down. Or if a if a if a Randy trade comes about, you say, okay, well, we we're keeping Paredes, but we're going to be shifting something else. Like maybe that opens a, a, a Brandon Lau trade. I think it, 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 I think that's the other part that we look at is how do you do all three of those moves plus replace Wander? I think right. you have to, each is an individual result. Yeah. And, and, who knows what ha- maybe you go in saying like we really do need to add another key pitcher. How do we do that with Randy, with Paredes, with Yandi? Right. Um so last few minutes of the show, um, we talked about some names that have been mentioned. Um, and I know we've called this a winter meetings preview. I I, I imagine the Rays will be active at the winter meetings and Part of me thinks uh, Otani, that will happen kind of before the winter meetings and that will, you know, every team will then, okay, we got Otani or we didn't. Now let's figure out what we want to do. And I feel like the trades will come pretty quickly uh, once the winter meetings begin. Were they in Vegas this year? Or they usually go back between like Vegas. Oh, Nashville. I thought it was just always Vegas or Orlando. Um, So, you know, I think the trades will happen. I I expect Glassnow will be, traded by the end of the winter meetings it's not any inside information that's just a hunch uh and i expect the rays will probably make other moves and maybe that's part of the glass now move or maybe it's completely separate but why aren't we hearing more like we're talking about a rosarine and paredes and we've talked about why you know why their names maybe are involved with these rumors like why aren't we hearing more about guys like brandon lau and yandy diaz and pete fairbanks all guys that are tied up to extensions there maybe you know we've seen the best of them is it just because they don't have the same value that players like a rosarena and paredes have i mean or do you think there's a chance we see one or more of those guys traded well the fact that they're not being talked about could could be a signal that they might be being offered because the Rays do tend to to live in the shadows a little bit like that. Um, I think I think with Brandon Lau, I think it showcases the value of him versus his perceived trade value yeah. and risk is just not there, right? So it's kind of like Kevin Kiermeyer for a number of years. Like the the Rays valuation of Kevin Kiermeyer was significantly higher than what the league's valuation was. Mm-hmm. So you don't trade him when you think like, well, this guy is worth more than that. 
So we're not going to just dump him. Uh, I think Brandon Lau is a all he is a potential game changing. He is the best power hitter on the Rays. And you don't have to take my word for it. You can listen to every other team because that's how they pitch the Rays. Is they will they will rather yeah. face Randy than face Lau. They would rather face Paredes than face Lau. That's sort of how they've that's how the Rays get pitched. So he's clearly a guy who is a big impact player. He's been hurt a couple of years. He's missed the last two postseason rounds. Those could have been huge difference making series with Brandon Lau. So I think the Rays are saying if you're making an offer, especially for that price, it has to be huge. And other teams are trying to bake in the injuries there. Mm -hmm. Fairbanks, I just, I don't trade. I I think relievers in the offseason is a tough sell to me because of the fact that, uh, again, there's there's teams are less desperate for that relief option in the offseason. Once you get to the regular season, then suddenly teams will pay anything for a reliever. So I, I, I do wonder if that, again, that same valuation is just kind of not quite there in, in that regard. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think the, I think the rest of the lineup, the rest of the team, I think you, you, I think guys like Curtis Mead or Jonathan Aranda are certainly available uh, for an offer. It's just right now a team calls, they're not asking for Jonathan Aranda yet. They're asking for Isak Paredes. And so you start there and maybe you go, well, we can't get there on Paredes. The price is not there. So you're looking for a contact guy who doesn't whiff, makes a lot of contact, like some pole hitter. What about Jonathan Aranda? You're looking for a Mexican pole hitting high contact guy who went to the World Baseball Classic? All right, Jonathan Aranda, there you go. Oh, you were talking about Randy and Paredes. Oh, well, you know, it, it wires crossed. You know, you go down the list of the the Team Mexico World Baseball Classic, and Jonathan Aranda is right there. He came through with the big hit, so there. You know, he had, he had one big moment there. Um, no, I, I think right now at the winter meetings, everybody, and this is how free agency starts, right? You rarely are seeing. Yeah. You, you will sometimes go after some like Luis Severino just signed with the Mets. Like you're you're seeing like the maybe below middle tier guys or re- rehabbing guys like sign up. But for the most part, most of that like A and B level free agents are waiting for the A plus guy to sign. They're waiting for Otani to sign. You're waiting for that like big domino. And then that opens everything else. So if a team is shopping for trades right now, you're asking about Glass now, you're asking about Paredes, you're asking about uh, Randy, because those are the the Mm -hmm. shiniest pieces on the Rays right now. Agreed. Agreed. The rest of those pieces will be there. Yeah. And like they can shop later. They're going to make moves that uh, that shock us, right? Uh, They're going to trade a reliever that you thought was definitely back. They're going to acquire a reliever that you think is probably bad and then will uh, be an all star next year. Like, that's what's fun about the Rays offseason. Um, it's unpredictable. Um, but yeah, some of the names being thrown around are interesting and and polarizing. And some people will be upset and some people will be happy, I'm sure. Um, and and that's what uh hopefully, you know, we get to experience as Rays fans throughout the year, throughout the offseason, is some some fun moves, some interesting moves, and some moves that can give Darby and I some stuff to talk about. Um Dar- Darby, any final thoughts? Give us the content. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm going to let you raise your voice as okay. we close out the show. By the end of the winter meetings, who from the Rays' active roster will no longer be here? And where are they headed? Manuel Margot will be a New York Metropolitan. Okay, I like and that. And Tyler Glass now. Uh, he's going to be a Dodger. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. They need a lot of pitching. They really need a lot of pitching. They can absorb it. He's also somebody they could easily sign. Yeah. He seems like, I mean, he's from California. It it doesn't take them out of Shohei at all. They need a lot of pitching. Their pitching, their rotation was wrecked. And they have a lot of young pitching. 
they're not afraid to like take on uh, the injury prone pitchers uh, yes. either. So um, I, I am in full agreement over. It's not going to be. A- yeah. Things. You sign, you still need that pitcher next year because he'll still be rehabbing from time, and he may never be a pitcher again. Like that's the other thing. Like we 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 also are are looking at is that Shohei's injury leaves the pitching side uncertain. So I don't think somebody that signs Shohei, they may not have the money to do much else, but they're they're probably not saying like, oh wait, we're good here. So I, I'll say glass now to the Dodgers. Okay, um, I'll, I'll go. I'll, I agree with you, Margot, to the Mets. Um, I also, uh, think last night will be traded, but I think it'll be to the Chicago Cubs. Um, long romance. Yeah. It's almost happened before. Um, I know things are a little different. I feel like it's there. been years, years and years of, of rumors to the Mets, to the Cubs. Um, and I think there's like one other big league player that will be involved. I'll say, uh, that maybe like Sean Armstrong is involved in one of those deals. Oh, um, I think he's got some value. So I'll say Margot glass now and Armstrong Armstrong will be a piece in one of those two trades. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think, I don't know. It's going to be fun. Maybe the Rays uh, by the next time we're, you're listening to us, will have signed Otani and uh, traded glass now and a Rosarina and Paredes and uh, also signed Yamamoto. And uh, we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> almost boring if he just did it like yeah, that yeah so uh, that is going to do it for this week's episode of raise your voice once again if you're watching this on youtube drop a like and subscribe that will really help us grow the channel and even if you're listening to this as a podcast make sure to head on over to youtube at raise your voice pod drop a like and subscribe it will help us greatly also if you'd like to throw us a few bucks each month head on over to patreon.com slash raise your voice And as always, head on over to DRaceBay.com to check out all of the great race coverage. Once again, thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next week.